welcome to Just Jets episode number 150. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, hanging out with you for the next little bit here. I am not looking forward to doing this episode because it means the season is coming to an end. There is one more game left. It doesn't have any meaning whatsoever uh, for the Jets because they have been eliminated from playoff contention for the 12th straight season. 12 times the New York Jets collapsed in 2022. That's what it is. They collapsed. There's a lot of reasons for the collapse. We're going to get into it. We're going to answer your voicemails. We're frustrated. It's a venting session. It's therapy. Thank God it's a couple of days removed from the actual game on Sunday. We had a lot of stuff to get out. I still have more to get off my chest about this one. Again, it's frustrating. It's annoying. It's uh, I hate it. It's ridiculous that you have to talk about this again, especially after where this team was. But... When you lose five straight games and have a chance to close out your season with six straight losses, you're absolutely going to call that a collapse. I know that is harsh. I know there are reasons for it, but the Jets collapsed down the stretch. Now, if you want to talk about why, we did a video on it, but to recap, uh, losing Brees Hall and AVT, uh, the abysmal quarterback play, inconsistencies at head coach, uh, the the inconsistencies at offensive coordinator, uh, the defense uh, linebacker and and safety depth. Special teams is the big one. Holy smokes, Braxton Berrios turning into a pumpkin. Uh, you know, reg- just a complete regression. Brain man being awful. There's tons and tons and tons of reason why it happened. But the New York Jets collapsed, and fans have the right to be frustrated because I was sitting here today. I was like. Before sitting down to record, I thought to myself, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to get into? And I know that the offseason stuff is going to be in there, and we're going to do a a ton of that, but I don't have the energy to break down this game coming up against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I I did yesterday uh, talking about the Jets, uh, what happens if they win, if they lose, or what your fans be rooting for. I hate that this is where we're at. And thankfully, I guess positive spin, it, it took all the way to week 18 to get to that point. The Jets were in it from week one to week 18, which is an improvement. But it's still hard not to feel let down. It's still hard. So my thought here and what I want to talk about was, was 2022 a success or a failure? Was it a success or a failure? The side for a success, you could say, is, well, you don't like the answer, but you found out about Zach Wilson, which I guess that is uh, a success. And you could also say, well, everyone asked for meaningful December games. And not only did you get that, but you got meaningful January games too. Say, okay, yeah, that that checks two boxes. There were drastic improvements. Uh, The young guys performed well. Okay, check, check. But then on the failure side, you have that you were at seven and four at one point. You went five and two, six and three at the bye, seven and four. Feeling pretty good after you made the quarterback switch. And then it goes right off the rails. You were in that game against the Minnesota Vikings. You got to beat the Vikings. Drop the touchdown pass. Then Mike White gets hurt against Buffalo. Then against Detroit, inconsistent quarterback play. The offense wasn't good enough. Uh, Defensively, they let up a big play on fourth down. You have the huge special teams blunder. That's pretty gross. Quick turnaround to Thursday Night Football. And you lose in embarrassing fashion to Jacksonville, where quarterback didn't have a clue what was going on. Special team stinks again. 
And then you don't get off the bus. You don't even show with your season on the line again. You had your season on the line essentially three weeks in a row, and the Jets no-showed all of it. All of it. So is it a success or a failure? I don't know how to feel. I'm asking not in a rhetorical way for me to uh, then go on and explain why I think it's either a success or a failure. I don't know how to feel. I don't. I genuinely don't know how to feel about this season because there are a lot of nice things and a lot of positive things. And yes, there is a nice core and there is some good stuff. But at the same time, I'm pissed. I'm frustrated because this team should have made the playoffs. They should have been a playoff team. When you start 7-4, and four, have a, an elite-level defense, have the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year on the same roster, and you miss the playoffs, it's frustrating. And now the pressure's on for 2023. Oh, is the pressure turned up? Because you know why? They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. In a few months, when the Sacramento Kings finally end their streak of missing the playoffs for 16 straight years, the Jets will hold the longest active playoff drought in all major sports. We're talking football, basketball, hockey, baseball, all of them. Jets have the longest active streak. See how hard it is to like not even on accident make the playoffs? Teams accidentally make the playoffs all the time. Things just happen. Things break right. Look at the crosstown rival New York Giants. They weren't supposed to be this good this year. They were supposed, it was supposed to be the evaluation year, see who's going to stick, and then Joe Shane and Brian Dable are going to go in, get their guys, and then get them ready to compete. They made the playoffs. The Patriots. Hey, here's an example. Mac Jones had a massive aggression. That roster is significantly worse, and they are still hanging around. They have a shot to make the playoffs. Teams all the time go from the the bottom all the way up to the top. Jacksonville had the number one pick last year. They have a chance to be a playoff team. Detroit had the number two pick last year. They have a chance to be a playoff team. Don't give me the slow build excuse. Don't give me any of that. Has Joe Douglas and Robert Sala done a lot of good things? Yes, I like both of those guys. I think they are the right guys. But eventually... You have to see the results and saying that you have to make the playoffs in 2023. That being the expectation and the bar is not asking a lot at this point. It's not. You had a chance to do it this year. You got the incremental progress. Now go be aggressive because you have to be. You have to figure out quarterback. Be aggressive. Figure it out. Glenn, I'm not the one who has to make the decision. It's not a. There's not a perfect solution out there, but you got to find it. And you got to make it work. You have to make it work because you can't kick the can down the the line and go, oh, you finished seven and 10 in, in, in uh, 2022. And then you, you took a swing at, at quarterback and man, it didn't work. But, you know, Joe Douglas is going to pick his fourth quarterback or third or fourth quarterback at that, at that time. Robert Tyler is going to get his fourth year to coach. NFL don't work that way anymore. It doesn't. It's rare that you get another swing at it. And I think Joe Douglas, because of the good things that he's done, is going to get that second swing at quarterback. And he best not miss. You can't miss this one. You can't afford to miss. So you got to make your changes. Is there going to be a fall guy? Is Mike LaFleur going to be that fall guy? I think there's a chance he could be. I think Woody wants heads to roll. I don't know if I do it. I think there's some things that he's done well. I think there's some things that he struggled with. 
but uh, this team didn't have competent quarterback play, so it's also hard to evaluate. You can count on one hand how many times they had competent quarterback play. So it's kind of hard to say, is it the coordinator or is it the quarterback? It's a chicken and the egg argument, so you're going to have people on both sides. I get it. I understand it. And maybe they do turn him into the fall guy, but more of the story, the pressure's on in 2023, collapsed at the end here in 2022. There's reasons for the collapse, but still not great. We have a ton of voicemails to get into, so I want to keep that intro a little bit short and sweet. I just had a few things to get off of my chest there. Uh, before we get to your voicemails, though, I want to talk to you about Mojo, the stock exchange for the NFL. I'm eyeing Garrett Wilson. He is my spotlight. Garrett Wilson goes over 1,000 yards. First Jets receiver to go over 1,000 yards since Brandon Marshall. As a rookie, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, by the way, in 2015, he did it as a rookie. Uh, I think he has sky-high potential. You can get in on him now and watch his value increase or decrease as his career uh, goes. You could short players if you'd rather do that. You go long on on guys. You can go short. Uh, It's really up to you. Legal right now in New Jersey. Download the app down below in the description. It's a ton of fun. Get in on it. Let's get into those voicemails. First up, we're going to go out to James. He was frustrated after the loss. Let's hear from him. Hey, Matt, it's, uh, it's James. I mean, I, I cannot believe I cannot believe the Jets right now. It's, it's, the game's not even over yet. I'm calling in, though. I mean, the, this coaching staff is a complete embarrassment to me. Um, you know, you, you cannot lose the last two games of the season, which we're going to. I mean, we're going to. We're, I mean, we're probably not going to beat the Dolphins, honestly, even if Skylar Thompson's starting, because, I mean, this team's completely unprepared uh, every week. Every week, the team's unprepared. You, you, you cannot... Tell me going into next year that this coaching staff's gonna gonna take us somewhere when when we're just completely unprepared every week. I mean, I, I don't want to hear the excuse that the quarterback got injured when I mean you, you put him in, you put Zach Wilson in the same system that he struggled in the whole year instead of just changing up the offense a little bit, you know, have him roll out a little bit more, which is when he's actually been good. I mean, you cannot tell me that this coaching staff's gonna gonna bring us anywhere. And it's ridiculous. You, you can't lose the last six games of the season when you start. Seven and four. Uh, it's unbelievable how this team collapsed because we look unprepared every week. I'm done. I'm done with it. it, it you know, the same old Jeff narrative, it is right. It's right. Uh, I've seen this too many times in my lifetime, man. It's ridiculous. It's the same old Jeff. It's the same team. That's what it is. Same coaching staff, same team, same players, same quarterbacks. That's what it is. I hear you. I hear you, James. It's it's frustrating, and it's a big issue because it's not just the same guy. You've had different regimes come in here and, and struggle. It's, it is embarrassing. I don't think you need to make drastic moves right now. Uh, I think they did show you strides, but that doesn't mean that the pressure can't be on for next year, which is kind of, which is kind of where I'm at right now. It's it's tough. And I get the frustration with the play calling. It's also, you can't, it's hard to ask your play caller to do, do something when your quarterback can't do the simplest of things when he's missing on easy throws, even Mike white against Seattle and sure playing hurt, but I I don't know. There there were guys open that he was high on. And then can you receiver catch a ball? There's everyone's at fault here. Everyone deserves some blame for why they struggled. It's not just one thing. I don't think it's one thing. Max from New Jersey has uh, some ideas to replace the floor. 
Hi, this is Max from home to New Jersey. And here's my thoughts on the game. Disastrous, disastrous, disastrous. There's only one word. It's disastrous. After today, I really want Mike LaFleur to be fired as the offensive coordinator. I, he is the worst offensive coordinator. He is so bad. He's like Adam Gates level of play calling. He is so bad. Like, why not go for a fourth and two? I was like confused. They went for the punt on fourth and two with the season on the line. Playoff spot, fourth and two, decides to punt the ball. Like, really? Would you? Like, if I was, if I was the OC, I would have went for a fourth and two. I would have gambled and went for a fourth and two with the season on the line. Should should have done the fourth down. And another decision I don't think was right. Fourth and fourteen went for a fourth down. Why'd you go for a fourth down on the fourth? Like, with fourteen yards, you can't convert fourteen yards on fourth and fourteen. Like. Really? The only positive I can say today is the run game, but they strayed away from it. I mean, Mike LaFleur is such a bad play caller. He's not even creative. An offensive coordinator that I want to see the Jets next year is Shane Steichen, if he doesn't get a head coaching job. I think he's a perfect offensive coordinator for the Jets. He's creative play caller. He actually adapts to his personnel, something that, LaFleur can't even do it's uh, his way or the highway thing. If players can't even fit into his team, no, they're just gone. They don't even play. We can't even fit in? No. I mean, Steichen, he at least can use Gower Wilson. He can use Elijah Moore. He can use our talent on our offense. LaFleur just doesn't have it. And the only reason he's still our OC is because his brother, Matt LaFleur, is the coach of the Packers. What's your thoughts on this and go Jets? I think the only reason that he's still a OC is because of the success that he had with Kyle Shanahan, but uh, that's fine. I've seen a lot of people go on the, the nepotism route. Uh, Steichen's done a really nice job for the the Eagles this year. Um, he is not a super experienced play caller. either. This is his third year as an offensive coordinator. He was the 2020 OC for the Chargers. Then the last two years, um, he was been an OC uh, for for the Eagles, ninth in uh, yards, 18th in points in 2020, 14 and 12 in 2021, and two and three uh, this year. But there's another guy who's young at, at 37 years old. I think if they were to make a switch, it'd be for a veteran. And I think someone whose name gets brought up a lot is Frank Reich, and for good reason. One, because he's had success with uh, a variety of different quarterbacks, and number two is he has the connection with Joe Douglas with their time in Philadelphia. So if you think if he were to make a change, I think that's the direction that it would go. Vinny from Peekskill calls in next. He wants to talk about the issues down the stretch and a quarterback option going forward uh, from there. Uh, Hey, Matt. It's New Year's Day, and I can't believe what I the shit show that I had to watch. I didn't even finish it. Well, we have to face the fact. We don't have the quarterback for the foreseeable future on this roster. We need to make a move this offseason. I know that wasn't all of the problems here. I think part of it is this team just young. When the expectations hit at the playoffs, I don't think they handled the pressure well and they kind of melted down the second half. I do think the roster needs a little tweaking, but for the most part, and I also think the coaching needs to do some 
uh, work in the offseason to improve. But for the most part, we're here. And I want to talk about this. Like, I know people don't like it. I know there are a lot of people that aren't. But we need to go all in on getting dirt car. Let's be real with us here. We should not, we are not in a position to play with fire and hope next year isn't the year Tom Brady doesn't fall off the cliff. That's not us. We can't afford to throw a bunch of draft capital at an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson. And we most certainly can't rely on a glass cannon like Jimmy Garoppolo. And what's left after that? You're going to roll it back with Mike White, uh, draft some mid-round quarterback and hope you can develop him and waste another year? But that's not an option for this team. We need to get back. We need to end this playoff drought. And we need to end it next year. Otherwise, this Otherwise, someone's head is going to roll. I know some people are against Carr, but let's face it. He is the best and most realistic option for the Jets going forward. So, whether you like it or not, we need to do everything we can. The Jets need to do everything they can to get him here this off season. That's all. Hope you had a good new year. And go Jets. Thank you, Vinny. Yeah, it's uh wasn't all a quarterback, but you with the pressure that's on in twenty twenty three, how could you say I feel comfortable with what we saw from Mike White and Zach Wilson this year that you're gonna bank your jobs on both those guys? I think you swing big for a veteran. Um, and I think Carr and Jimmy G are your two most likely options. Can they surprise and pull in someone else? I I suppose it's on the table, but I think Carr is probably the most Carr and Jimmy are the most realistic of the two. And there's concerns with both. I feel more confident in Carr than I do Jimmy, but neither of those scenarios are perfect. What we will say, though, and what I think is the most important thing is that Carr would be a significant upgrade over what the Jets have had at a very, 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 very long time. He struggled this year, but even so, this is a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL. And with this roster and with some stability, because let's not forget the Raiders instability for years and years and years. They moved. They had a, a terrible situation in 2021 that he was still able to will them to a playoffs in, by the way. They were still able to do that. And how many different coaches have they had? He came into the league uh, in... You had Allen, Del Rio, Gruden, McDaniels, a couple of interims along the way. Morano. It, it, it was not a perfect situation. The offensive lines have stunk, but offensively, for the most part, they've been okay. And Carr's put up good numbers. He's going to throw you for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. You don't think the Jets can win with that? I do. And I think they could win with, um, with Jimmy G also, but the issue is health. At least Carr plays pretty much every year. All the games. 
So I, I, I do. I, I think you're going to have to, Jeff fans are going to have to get used to that idea because I think it's a likely one. Eric from Belgium is next. He wants to list off some guys who the, the Jets can target. This is going to be a popular one today. Mr. Matt O'Leary, this is uh, Eric calling from Belgium once again. I'll be back in the States next week to call you. Very good. You didn't do a show this week, I don't think. I don't know. I've been looking for it on YouTube. I couldn't find it. But anyways, another disgusting loss. But I'm glad this happened. Mike White's a solid backup. I hope we keep him. Zach Wilson has to go. I just can't even stand the sight of him. Um, I think you could help with this, you and your, your friend Asman. We need to start a poll. With the fans, because I do believe the owner and GM check the fan base and listen to the fan base a little bit. We have to start pushing for Derek Carr, man. I'm telling you, one more receiver on this team, Corey Davis needs to go. Let's get a legit. I think we should try to draft Quentin Johnson and sign. Um, I would like to sign um, Jimmy Ward from San Francisco. He's a free agent at state play safety. And I'd like to try to get the guard from Green Bay to move Vera Tucker to tackle. Uh, Jenkins. I don't know if we could swing all that, get rid of Corey Davis, try to restructure Mosley's deal. You know, I'd like to see Clemens and Johnson on, on the, um, on the end next year. Carl Lawson can go as well. Um, yeah, uh, Mike White's a backup, I think. I think we kind of saw what he is. He's not bad, but we need a real QB. I mean, I like White. We need a real bona fide quarterback. For the first time, really, since Chad Pennington's rookie year before he hurt his rotator cuff. Because after that, he wasn't shit either. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball downfield, you know. So, I mean, I hold my stance on this. We're a receiver, a lineman, a linebacker, and a quarterback away from greatness. Uh, hopefully, Hall returns to tip-top form with the torn ACL. But um, this is just a bad loss, man. Um I mean, anything's better than Zach Wilson, so whatever. But this just, God, man, I don't know what the problem is. It, it just White did not look good today. I think he's still hurt. But he, he's injury prone. It's clear we yeah. cannot go into the future with him, and I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. The reason I want you to help with a, a, a poll for the fans is Derek Carr will win. Maybe the fan base, um, the general manager sees this, you know what I mean? And, like, can help, you know, it can help us. I know Jimmy G, he's injury prone and he can't throw the ball downfield either. You know, Carr's ceiling is a lot higher. So perfect opportunity to get him. This is it. We ain't going to get many of these where you don't have to give up much for a guy like this. We need to get Derek Carr. Well, maybe the Jets will ruin. I don't even want them to ruin Miami's chance because then New England gets in. So I hope they lose and get a better draft pick. I'll speak to you next week, man. There you go. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking in. Um, again, it's. I don't think Carr is perfect, but I think that is probably the best case scenario. And you're never going to get anyone to agree on it. I'm. I'm already. We're basically a week in. I'm already frustrated with the quarterback talk. Uh, you have people who uh, think Carr is terrible. You have people who think Carr is amazing. You have people who who want to draft another quarterback in the first round. You have people who want to draft 25 year old injured quarterbacks. You have people who want to draft. Uh, developmental quarterback in Anthony Richardson from from Florida in the first round. I've seen the idea of trading up, but then you're giving up a, a ton of assets to get up and to get another a, a different quarterback in the draft that is also potentially a question mark. It, it, there's no perfect solution here. The moral of the story, though, is that whatever Joe Douglas decides to do and whatever happens here, he better be right. He has to be right, because if not, they aren't going to be here much longer. The two are not going to be here that much longer if they don't 
hit on this. So they have a ton of a ton of pressure to get this one right. It's tough. Let's go to Liam from Staten Island. He wants to uh, get into breaking it down and and not all of it being bad. Hey, Matt. Liam from Staten Island here. Uh, another rough one. <laughs> Hasn't gotten any easier in the past month. But I think, you know, at this point, the only thing you can really do is start to look forward to next season. You know, look forward to the fact that we're going to have no injuries. Hopefully going into hand to God, we have no injuries going into the season. Uh, but I think there's a lot to look forward for this Jets team. And what I wanted to discuss with you today is changes that would be made going into 2023. Okay. So I quickly just jotted down all the different positions, where I think we're set, where I'm not. I'd like to get your feedback on any of these. So quarterback, I think you got to dump Flacco. He's just, yep. he's cooked. He's done. Dump him. I think you trade for a top tier quarterback, whether it's Carr, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's, you know, something crazy. I think you just trade for someone. He's your quarterback one. You keep Wilson as your quarterback two. Doesn't hurt much to have him, and it makes sense to keep him around. He's still young. And then if you can, re-sign White as your quarterback three. If it's a cheap deal, I'd do it. If not, won't matter too much. Okay. At wide receiver, you got to get rid of Corey Davis. He just drops too many passes. He's not a, a, not a, a wide receiver one. I think Garrett Wilson moves up to the one. I think you either draft or trade for a wide receiver two. And Elijah. then you have Mims at the three and Elijah Moore at the four. Tight ends, you're good. Running backs, I think you're good already. You keep uh, Brees Hall one, Zonovan Knight two, Michael Carter three. At the offensive line, I think you've got all the guys there. You could add one more, but I think you got Becton on the left next to Elijah Vera Tucker. Nope. You got uh, McGovern, then Herbig, nope. then nope. Max Mitchell. I think that's a fine line, and we have some depth. Uh, the defensive line, I think, is good. Tight ends, I think we're good. Linebackers, I'd like one more cover linebacker. I'd like a guy that can cover those mobile quarterbacks, that can cover tight ends, someone who has some speed but is also strong. I'm sick of these guys that can only do zone coverage and blitz when we don't really run zone, nor do we blitz much. Uh, safeties, I'd like to keep Whitehead, but I'm fine if we do end up losing them. I think we need new safeties, though. Kicker, Greg the Leg is fine. Punter, got to get rid of man. He has yep. been awful this year to say the least so you let me know running through those decisions what you think is smart what's not what positions would you change what people would you fill in and uh thank you so much hope you had a happy new year and i'm looking forward to this 2023 new york jets season it's going to be a good one i know it there you go and as always j-e-t-s jets 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 thank you man the only thing you said that really scared me was the uh a couple things i i think elijah moore is wide receiver too um, playing in the slot, and I think you could find someone in um, mid-tier free agency to kind of replace, almost like a one-for-one -one swap with Corey Davis. Um, that uh, You can't just gift Mekhi Becton the left, starting left tackle spot. He hasn't played a game in two years. He got hurt in week one of 2021 and then missed all of 2022. I'm rooting like hell for him. I want him to come back. I want him to remain healthy. But that is a massive gamble. Massive gamble. I, I, you, wherever you end up in the first round, I think you're taking an offensive tackle. That would be my plan. Left guard, Tomlinson has been terrible. Terrible. Do you potentially move on from him? McGovern's a free agent, so he's making 8 or $9 million a year. One of the better free agent centers to hit the market. 
So is he going to get a raise off of that? And are you willing to pay Connor McGovern that raise? Or are you going to go to the draft for that? Right guard, Herbing has been terrible down the stretch here. Uh, AVT has to be, to play um, guard, one of the guard positions, either left or right guard. So figure that out. If you want to say Max Mitchell has the leg up as uh, as a starter, or actually rather this, how about this? Draft the offensive lineman in the first round. If Dwayne Brown retires, you plug him in at left tackle. Right tackle is a Mitchell-Becton competition. If Brown doesn't retire and comes back, then you have Brown at left tackle, the rookie at right tackle, and Becton and Mitchell as your backups there. Herbig I bring back for depth. I'm with you there, but I don't want to bring him back as a starter. Center... Center is going to be in. You have to. There's a lot of work that has to be done to this offensive line still. And linebacker and safety. You have to remake that safety room. Both stink. And you need uh, some linebackers who, who have a chance of covering. So not a not an easy task, but they got to find a way to create some cap space too. So I think people are going to be moving out. Let's go to Shane calling in from New Jersey. Let's do it. Hey, Mr. Matt O'Leary, what's going on? Shane from Jersey. Uh, I just wanted to call quick and just say about how pathetic of, of performance that was. It's Monday now, so I got yep. to sleep it out. And just kind of thinking about the two most important games we've had in five to ten years. Uh, first, Jag game was well over, probably in like the third, you could say maybe fourth. This one, too. I mean, from that first drive. Touchdown in three plays, you could tell it was kind of not going to be a good game. And, again, it was kind of over. I actually fell asleep in the fourth quarter. Um, well, it was the night before, but still, that's how pathetic it was. That the most, Truthfully, this one was more important than the Jags because somehow we still have a chance. And we just absolutely crapped the bed. That was pathetic. Uh, on everybody, I'm really looking at the coaching staff, though. Half the season we won with Zach playing bad, and the defense put us through. And we even held DK and Lockett to not much and Kenneth Walker runs all over us. I mean, that was just so absolutely pathetic. Uh, so embarrassing, so pathetic. I'm pissed at everybody. Um, I hate Woody Johnson so much. Um, I hate him more than words can describe. I wish he would sell the team. I think he's a huge factor why we're bad. starts from the top down. Um, I don't think Salah or LaFleur is going to go. Um, if it were to be one, I don't really know. But all I know is our offensive play calling is so predictable. If I could sit there and bet, and predict what we're going to call. I mean, come on. And it's, it, he's like, gets creative and he just runs away from it, like for these past few games. It's like the run, nothing's exotic, nothing's creative. The long developing routes, the runs, I'm like, oh my, oh my God, the second and eight, second and ten runs. The like obvious first and long runs. It's so bad. It's so abysmal. I, you watch these teams, Chief, the Bills, the Bengals, like just breeze through like first downs, act like 10 yards, nothing. Whole seat, even all season with Zach. It's been so hard for us to get first downs. Like 10 yards is like pulling deep. It's incredible for an NFL franchise to start off really good. Just what a absolutely pathetic showing and pathetic downfall in the two most important games ever. Yep. This, this team absolutely crapped the bed. Uh, it's embarrassing, man. All right, that's what I got. Uh, yeah, later, man. Love you. End the show. Be good. Thank you, Shane. I don't have much to add, not because what you didn't say wasn't good. It, it was. I, you, you hit it all. It's it's very frustrating that what was a promising season came to a close that way. There was a lot, a lot of promise with this team 
And like I said at the top, like there's some positive and there's some negative, but I don't really say one way or the other if it was a resounding success or a massive failure. I don't think it was either. I don't think it was either. It's, it is pathetic. Pathetic's a good word to describe what we've had to watch. The last five weeks, five, it's not good enough. Josh from PA. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We got Jake. We got Jake next, then Josh. Uh, let's do Jake, who wants to talk about uh, playoff mandates. Hey, Matt, it's Jake from New York City. Uh, I want to give you a shout-out for putting together so much awesome content during this year. It was a fun ride. Thank you. Uh, I know it's a bit early, but I wanted to ask you if you think in 2023 there's going to be a playoff mandate for J.D. and Salah. I think they've had enough time. I believe in them. But, you know, you look across the hallway at the Giants, what they were able to do with significantly less. I think it's irrefutable that we have infinitely more talent on our roster right now, and they were able to make the playoffs. I think playoff mandate might be in order for both of them, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, go Jets and uh, get some off-season content, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do best, right? Off-season content. We're going to have a ton of things to talk about uh, in another massive off-season for this team. Yes, I, I think it is absolutely time for a playoff mandate. I don't know how it couldn't be. Don't know how it couldn't be. It is the perfect time to say, uh, raise the bar. You have to make the playoffs. It's been 12 years. It'll be 13 if they miss it next year. And five years for Douglas. Was it all five him? No. But the, the expectation has to be, okay, I, I get it. You, you broke it down. Four win, seven win, or seven or eight win. And then in 2023, it's time to make the playoffs. I like both of them. I think there's a good chance that they are the answer, but you have to show the results at some point. You have to show the results at some point. Uh, Josh from PA wants to talk about staying away from a specific coach. Okay. Hey, Matt. Josh from PA. Um, what a way for the season to end. Uh, not great. Um, so I guess I, I have like a question kind of combined with some like criticism of things that certain fans are saying. Um so obviously there's questions about Michael Ford. People are saying to fire him and replace him with Frank Reich. I vehemently disagree with that. Uh, I think Reich is a fraud. Um, look at Carson Wentz, who he supposedly developed. He's been horrible since that one season. Look at how he did in, in Indy. It's a failure as a head coach. And look at Doug Peterson having success now without Frank Reich. I think that's all the reason you need to say that, okay, Frank Reich isn't the answer. All right? There's other Jets fans saying, fire the whole coaching staff. Go all in on Sean Payton. Okay, but what if Sean Payton doesn't want to come to New York? All right? Who are you replacing them with then? I've already said no to Frank Reich. You know, what are the other realistic options? Plus, wouldn't you have to trade for Frank Reich or um, Payton? Payton? Yes. I mean, I don't know how that works with trading coaches, but I guess that's a thing too. Um, yeah, it's just I, I don't see who you're replacing this coaching staff with. So do you think that the Jets do replace anyone on the coaching staff or the entire coaching staff, and who do you think they'd be replaced with? Um, have a good day, man. This kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, the uh, 20... 20- 
See, the, the, it definitely does suck. And thank you for the call. Sorry, I was, just, I was thinking out. I wanted to pull up uh, Frank Wright's numbers and just talk about what I do think needs to change. Uh, I, I do think that there's a chance they make LaFleur the scapegoat. I don't know if I would. I would bring in a, a veteran assistant, though, whether it be a quarterback's coach. A replacement of the of the quarterbacks coach, I think, is absolutely on the table here. Frank Wright, I, I think uh, you're kind of underrating what he did in Indianapolis and what Carson did. Carson, he was with Carson for two years in 2016 and 17, and then again in 2021. Uh, with Carson in 2021, they had the they were ninth in points and 16th in in yards. A lot of it was uh, because of the run game, though. Although I think Carson was. Okay, he's been really bad in 2022 and really bad in 2020, but he's had success or relative success. They were seventh in yards and fifth in touchdowns with Andrew Luck um, with Carson in his second year, seventh in yards and third in points. 2019 fell off the rails when you had uh, the the late retiring and had to start Jacoby Brissett in 2020 with Philip Rivers at the end of his career, 10th in points, ninth, uh, ninth in points, excuse me, 10th in yards, uh, 2021 with, uh, Carson. I just said it was ninth, uh, in, in points and 16th in, uh, yards. And then this year was just awful. They fell, they fell off a cliff, but his offenses from 2017 to 2021, Third, fifth, sixteenth, ninth, and ninth in points, and he did it with so many different quarterbacks. It fell. It finally fell off the rails um, in 2022 with, with Matt Ryan and uh, Sam Ellinger, but with a, a, an old Philip Rivers, a, a washed Wentz, uh, Wentz early in his career, Luck and Jacoby Brissett, they've been a top half of the league offense. Uh, he's a veteran play caller. Um, I, 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 I do think that obviously um, Doug Peterson is a, is a big part of the offense and the success there too, but I wouldn't be so quick to uh, be dismissive of him. Um, I really wouldn't. I think they need a, a veteran on this offensive staff, whether it's taking over at offensive coordinator, which I don't know if I'm necessarily doing, um, but if they were to replace LaFleur, that's who I would want. I'd want a veteran who has experience with either as a head coach or like as an OC and success as an OC. Um, so I think that he would be on the table. Let's talk about um, next. We have Brian from Virginia. He wants to talk about offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Hey Matt, uh, it's Brian calling from Virginia. Uh, that wasn't fun. Uh, I couldn't even watch the entire game. I had something I had to do. I watched most of the first half and it just it looked terrible and it didn't seem like it got any better after that. Um, they still did better than we thought. They were, I mean, we thought they'd do a little bit better, but did a lot better than they had the last couple of years. So there's definitely improvement there. We see what needs to be fixed, which is nice. Uh, we know what needs to be done to get where we need to go, but uh, as much as yesterday sucked, the loss sucked um, the thing I'm most worried about now, oddly, is the Rookie of the Year okay. awards. Um, Doss played fine, but uh, Hutchinson had a hell of a game, and he's got three interceptions and like eight sacks or something like that. So uh, 
Vegas odds has him to win defensive rookie of the year now. And with uh, Walker and Wilson, um, you know, Wilson was the favorite, but they just essentially went head to head and Walker had a hell of a game and Wilson broke a thousand yards, but didn't really do too much from what I saw. So I'm concerned that the people that make those decisions saw that game uh, with the first and second, respectively, uh, for Offensive Rookie of the Year and just saw that Walker really blew the roof off. But uh, that's my concern is that we just won't get recognized for the things that we were expecting to be recognized for. But uh, one more week. We'll see how it goes. With our luck, they'll end up blowing Miami out of the water uh, for no reason. But, uh, you know, go Jets. And, uh, and talk to you later. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Kenneth Walker um, is a slight favorite right now. 936 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 4.7 yards per attempt. Um, deserving guy. Garrett Wilson, after his game uh, this past week, is at 1,004 yards, 74 catches, four touchdowns. Um, quiet the last two weeks. I think he's going to need a big week. Sosa, to me, I still think is the defensive rookie of the year. He was phenomenal, again, against the Seahawks as he held – DK Metcalf, I think, had three receiving yards in the game. Let me see. Yep, one catch, three yards. And uh, Tyler – it wasn't DK and Tyler Lockett that beat the Jets. Tyler Lockett had two catches for 15 yards. Corners are great. He was still great. Um, Hutchinson has had a couple of flashy numbers uh, at the end here, but I still think that one sauces – uh, I think if any of the two were to lose one, I think it would be offensive rookie of the year going to Kenneth Walker. But uh, I, I think Sauce has defensive rookie of the year locked up. Let's go to Jake. Jersey wants to talk about some positives and some realistic options for the Jets at the quarterback position. Hey, Matt. Uh, Jake from Jersey. Uh, that Mike White performance against Seattle was no good. Maybe he's still hurt. Who knows? Regardless, uh, I don't think our starting quarterback for 2023 is on the roster. I think everyone knows that. Um, but I keep seeing on Jets Twitter, like, I mean, we all know it's a very toxic place sometimes, but I keep seeing that people want Dallas fired, and I, I, I can see where they're coming from. The team has come out flat, but I don't, I personally don't agree. I don't think he should be the one fired. I think if anyone, it should be Mike LaFleur, but I don't think any coach would even be in the hunt till week 17 or 18 with the quarterback play that the Jets have had. I think Sal has honestly done a pretty good job dealing with all of these injuries. I mean, how many offensive linemen have? I mean, how many different offensive lines that we've had, like, combination-wise? Also, like, it's, I mean, you know, you get, you know, you get good Mike White one week, then you get, you know, poor Mike White the next week, then you get, you know, Zach Wilson, insanely good first half. Zach Wilson, meltdown second half. It's like, it's so insane. Um, who do you think is the most realistic option for the Jets quarterback in 2023? And who would be your selection if it could be anybody that may be a free agent? You know, it could be a one in 100 shot, anybody. Personally, I think Lamar would be awesome, but that's out of the park probably. I don't yep. think that's going to happen, but we'll see. It'll probably end up being Derek Carr, my, in my uh, opinion. But I agree. Let me know what you think, man. And uh, as always, 
Go Jets. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Lamar would be the best option because of age and just MVP ability. Um, he's missed time the last two years, which is slightly scary, um, but he's a insanely talented, talented player. Insanely talented player. He was great this year before the injury. Um, I, I just don't think that one's super likely. I don't want, I will say this. I don't want Tom Brady because the story would be not that the Jets won. It would be that it had to, t- that Tom Brady was the one who had to save the Jets, which I think takes away from it so much. And plus, he's going to be 46 next year, 46 years old. Pass. Rodgers, intriguing, would have to know what the draft capital is, but I think they they might keep him again, which then means that Jordan Love might be available, which I don't want to trade for Jordan Love because that is an unknown. I think an unknown is, is scary, not good. Don't want Tannehill. Jimmy G's made a glass, but would be a perfect fit. So if you were to bring in Jimmy G, then I think you need another veteran on top of that who would be cheap to back him up. And I think Derek Carr is probably your most likely option and probably the best but that's not to say that there isn't flaws i'm not going to sit here and tell you that Derek carr is a flawless quarterback and that it is the it is 100 perfect but i think it's your best option and i think you'd be a massive upgrade over what they've had uh let's go to peter from the beautiful hudson valley what's up man all right let's do it hey man it's peter from up in the beautiful hudson valley of new york calling in and five straight losses not something I'm unfamiliar with in Jets history, uh, unfortunately. Going back to 1986, I can remember when the Jets were 10-1 and to start the season. Lost five straight, barely made the playoffs. Luckily, beat Kansas City in the wild card round that year. Then lost in double overtime to the Browns, of all teams, at that point in time. Uh, and the Jets had a lead going into the fourth quarter, 20-10. to in that game. So, I'm not unfamiliar with the way things have collapsed in this particular season, but the way I look at it is I think the Jets were playing over their heads early on this year and now broke themselves back down to earth and we are who we thought they were all along. Uh, and hopefully on Sunday we can get that eighth win and just keep doubling up from two wins to four wins to eight wins. That would be That's something 16, nice. Baby. Even though, you know, obviously expectations were set high. We thought we could probably make it playoffs. You know, we thought we're headed in the right direction. But still, you know, we are moving in the right direction overall. We just need a quarterback and a few extra players to uh, rebuild the offensive line and a safety and a linebacker and a few other things. So hopefully we will get in this offseason and be back next year and make that playoff run we're all expecting of this team. So let's not despair. Five losses in a row is not unusual for this team in its no. history. Um well, well, we'll get there eventually. And as always, go Jets. And uh, congratulations for episode number 150 this Thank week. You. Thanks. Peter, appreciate it. Good to hear your voice as always. That was, uh, yeah, five, 10 and one start. And then 45 3, 17 3, 24 10 to San Fran. Um, then 45 24 to the Steelers, 52 to 21 to the Bengals. Man, that defense fell apart at the end, huh? Uh, they crushed the Chiefs and then lost an overtime game. My dad always talks about the overtime game to the Browns and that loss. That was a crushing one for him. And while that one I don't remember, uh, I wasn't alive for that. The there is one that kinda that I do kind of uh, 
remember here, and that was very early in my New York Jets fandom, and I just want to make sure that I get the year right. So the 2003 Jets starting 0-4, and and then they have the bye, and they come out of the bye and crush Buffalo 30-3. Uh, and then they would go six and six the rest of the way to salvage that season and get to six and ten. Obviously, not as good as the the playoff year, but that is one uh, with the bad losing streak to uh, to start the year that I that I recall and that I that I remember there. So, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating that it, they limped to the finish line. But let's be honest here: most people were predicting the Jets to win. Seven or eight games. And there were some who predicted a lot less. Hell, Brady Quinn said 0-9 at the bye. That was always ridiculous. But I think most rational Jet fans were saying seven or eight wins, uh, and that's where they're going to end up this year. So it sucks with how they got there. It was a roller coaster ride. But anyway, we're going to close out with Mickey in New Jersey. He has some interesting stats that he wants to share. Okay, let's do it. Hey, this is Mickey from New Jersey, and I'm just coming with you with, at you with some statistics here. So in the 2021 season, after the bye week, the Jets lose 54 to 13 to the Patriots. Then they play that uh, Thursday night game with uh, Mike White getting hurt. Josh Johnson, they get a 10 day break and they lose to the Bills 45 to 13. So both games after a big break, we lose 54 to 13 and then 45 to 13. Then this year we have a bye week. We, then we versus the pass, we lose 10 to 3. Then we have the game versus Jacksonville, we get a 10 day break and we lose 23 to 6. So every time this Robert Sala's team has had 10 days or more to uh, practice before an opponent or to game plan for them, they get blown out. If you add all those scores up, they are outscored in those games 132 to 35. I just really, I don't think Robert Sala is a good coach. And I just wanted to bring those stats up to you. Thanks, Matt. Bye. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. It's not good. Um, I don't know if there's a correlation there or or what. Some of that is on the coaching, I'm sure. Um, and then if we're not a Robert Sala guy, then are we pulling the plug after two years? Like, is that we're just going to pull plugs quick? Because... I don't think that's fair. And I know maybe that's hypocritical of me to say because I said 2023 should be a playoff mandate, but it seems a little premature after the step forward that they took this year. There's legitimate criticisms for Robert Salad. That could be one of them. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that he's that we think he's a bad coach. And that's your opinion. I get that. And you're entitled to your opinion. Um I don't necessarily know if there's uh, enough to say that he's been a good coach either. I think there's some things that he's done well, and I think there's some things that he's really struggled with. Um, I, I think he earned himself another shot here, as did Joe Douglas. And it's a big season. Big offseason ahead. 2023 is going to be a big offseason ahead. Appreciate you guys hanging with me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, whether it's audio form or on YouTube. Also, you can follow along with us on social media, Just Jets Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I'm Matt O'Leary NY. Thank you for tuning in. I will talk to you next time.